on the show, um, I want to talk about something. We, you know, in the in the clinic, we have um, situations where we see a bunch of people that come in with very similar issues. It's it's kind of funny how that works. If someone comes in with a thyroid issue, we may see four, five, ten thyroid people in a row. If someone comes in with you know, cholesterol issues, we may see several of those in a row. Well, recently, that's exactly what we've seen. We've seen a run of people dealing with cholesterol issues. Now, the vast majority of people that are dealing with a cholesterol issue are dealing with hypercholesterolemia or high cholesterol in their blood. And so their doctor may make you know, recommendations. They may want to put them on a statin medication to lower their cholesterol. They may tell them that their cholesterol is high, but it's borderline, and they tell them to go home and eat better and exercise more. And, you know, we've talked about that on this show before. When doctors give, you know, general recommendations like that, they, like Dr. Phil says, they might as well tell them to go home and, and get taller because they really didn't tell us, tell them anything. They have no idea. They already, these people already thought they were eating a healthy diet. But, and so, you know, they just, they continue doing what they're doing, and that's, next thing you know, they're, they're finally being put on a statin medication because their cholesterol level gets high enough, and now it's an issue, and their doctor's like, well, we tried the diet and exercise route, and that didn't work. But did we? Um, the, the likelihood is no, because the people didn't know what to do, and so they didn't do anything. So, but today... In particular, I want to talk more about low cholesterol. Um, we just had a woman come into our office with the lowest cholesterol I've ever seen. Um, I like to talk about these cases because there's there's a lot of history in this, and, and I'm not going to get into her complete history. There's a there's a it's complicated. It's not an easy um, it's not an easy uh, uh, history by any means. But this woman's cholesterol was total cholesterol was 92. Now, why is that important? It's important because typically we want cholesterol right around 200, and hers is half that. Now, she was on a statin medication, which we'll talk about that in a little while, um, which was, I believe, contributing to driving her cholesterol so low. But all of her, or the vast majority of her symptoms that she was complaining about, she was complaining about being super tired. They, Her family literally is waking this woman up different times during the day to take her medications and things and to eat, and then she's going right back to bed. So she's extremely exhausted, and she's the, her mental clarity just isn't there like it used to be. Now, she's not completely inept or anything like that. She can carry on a conversation, but she knows that she can't think of words. She can't remember things, like things that that wasn't the case just a just a, a couple of short years ago, and so I really want to talk today about why low cholesterol is is a is a big thing and why I think it's a it's a bigger deal than than your conventional doctors are ever going to conclude. And most conventional doctors are perfectly fine with driving your cholesterol as low as possible, but there are many 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 things in the body that cholesterol is important for. So. Let's let's get into that just a little bit. I, you know, I, so I started. I wanted this woman to have this particular lady. I wanted her to have like actual research um, into you know why cholesterol is 
why cholesterol is low and or why low cholesterol is bad. And so I started investigating and, you know, there's really very little out there about low cholesterol. Well, and we've had numerous patients who have come back and said, I talked to my doctor and he said he'd never heard of anyone of someone's cholesterol being too low. Which is ridiculous. I mean, but it's happened numerous times. I mean, it's just that isn't taught in medical school. They do not. They talk about cholesterol can be too high and what you do if cholesterol is too high. But clearly this isn't taught because numerous times, many times, doctors have, you know, patients have come back and said, my doctor was like, your cholesterol, is, I don't even know if it can be too low. <laughs> and that is beyond scary. Um, so... In digging through the research, you know, that's what I do. I like to, I like to have research articles that, that show what it is that we do and, and why. We're, we're very big on that. Well, and we're big on that for a reason, and I know I'm kind of digressing here, but let's face it. If a medical, if a conventional medical doctor tells you something or your family something, you're like, oh, okay, that's how it is. We don't generally get that kind of consideration just because functional medicine is different, right? If we don't have the science to back it up, then... People don't believe it. Well, and we've said it before. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The most difficult thing for me as a functional medicine practitioner to do is to get someone to unlearn wrong information that they are absolutely certain is correct. Like, that is so hard. We, we get beat into our heads over and over again that high cholesterol is bad. You can't have high cholesterol. High cholesterol will kill you. Well, that's not necessarily true. I mean, yeah, if your cholesterol is 1,000, yeah, maybe that's a problem. But if your cholesterol is 200, 210, 220, really? Like, no, it's, it's not the big thing. Like, I remember when cholesterol got lowered from an upper limit of 300 to 240. And I would definitely remember when it went from 240 to 200. And everyone else is going to remember when they start to push it even lower and lower and lower. And this is, a, this is problematic because we have to have cholesterol for some very vital functions in our body. The, more, the lower we see cholesterol, the more problems we are going to have. I mean, you just don't live as long when your cholesterol is low. So, And, we're, and we, we're certainly not saying that you can't have high cholesterol. I mean, it's true. not, I mean, you definitely can have high cholesterol. There's a reason why um, doctors are concerned if your cholesterol is too high. We're just saying the opposite end of the spectrum is equally as frightening. Right, right. And so in digging through the research, I, I found an article um, from 2008 um, published in... Uh, I can't buy, I'm not really sure. It's a biomed uh, article. I don't know because it's a, it's a Czech, it's from the Czech Republic. It's, I, I don't really know. It was done by the Department of Gerontology and Metabolism at, a, at the faculty hospital and faculty of medicine in Radek Soklaska, Czech Republic. I, I don't know how they do their how they do their cities and stuff like that, and I definitely cannot pronounce that. So I'm sure someone of Czech descent is going to write me an email and say, well, you butchered that on air, and I'm perfectly fine with that. But anyway, it won't be the first time. It, won't, it will not be the first, <laughs> and it will not be the last because, the, you know, unfortunately the, these articles are not done in the United States where I can actually name the city. Um, but this thing was published in, in, on August 5th of 2008, and the title of the article is Hypocholesterolemia in Clinically Serious Conditions, 
review. And so this is a review article looking at lots and lots of different um, articles out there. And hypocholesterolemia is low cholesterol in the blood. And they start out by talking about how cholesterol is an essential component of cell membranes. It's our precursor to our steroid hormones. It's important for us to make bile acids. And there are other components that are extremely important for live organisms. Now, cholesterol synthesis is this very complicated, very energy-demanding process. And what happens when we have critically ill patients is that cholesterol plummets. But what researchers can't figure out is did the cholesterol plummet and then people got seriously ill or did the illness cause the cholesterol to drop? This is a chicken or egg question and no one has the answer. This article actually concludes that we don't know if it's a drop in cholesterol that causes the problem or if the or if the illness happened caused the drop in cholesterol. So what we see, I see people that come into my office that have low levels of cholesterol. They were put on some sort of cholesterol-lowering medication, whether it was a statin or a bile acid resin or something that they were put on, and they, they lowered their cholesterol, and then the people had problems. That's what I see in my office. I don't see people that come in complaining of all these issues and you know, have low cholesterol and they're not on a cholesterol-lowering medication. Every person in my office, from my personal experience, that has had low cholesterol, and I classify cholesterol as low, anything below 140, I start getting concerned, right? Anytime that happens, the people have, have been on some sort of cholesterol-lowering agent. That's, that's just what I've seen, personally. Now, you know, they, they go on to talk about how this is seen in, 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 in chronic and critically ill patients. And they, they basically go on to say it's not known whether it's a secondary manifestation of a disease or whether it actively contributes to, deterior, de, to deterioration of the disease. Had a little trouble talking there. That's the, that's the thing that I, I, I think is the most important. Like, we people are are taught in this country that you with when it comes to cholesterol that you you have to eat low fat that all of this stuff is you know your your diet dictates how your cholesterol is and that couldn't be further from the truth your diet is not really responsible for cholesterol levels in the blood it just isn't your diet makes up what you the cholesterol that you consume in your diet really only comprises about 20% of what your total cholesterol level is. That's just how it is. It your body makes approximately 80% of your cholesterol. And when people start to hear that, they're like, "Wait a minute. That that's uh, that can't be true." And I I tell you, it doesn't matter. You can tell the same lie a thousand times. It doesn't make it any more true. Cholesterol is affected by you very less uh, or very uh uh not very uh, affected by your diet. Like, it's what you make, not what you're getting from foods. Now, if you're eating a crappy diet, you will make cholesterol improperly. You'll make the wrong cholesterol particle sizes. You'll make too many little bitty cholesterol particles. You'll Which make... is important, right? It is extremely important. So a good diet is important, but it's not about eliminating saturated fat from your diet. That's not what it's about. Oh, okay, and that's what they push when and they talk about your cholesterol is too high. That's right. Now, we got to take a break. 
When we come back, we're going to talk about more about this cholesterol levels and your diet. And I want to get into how these statin medications cause problems and what kind of problems they cause and how that has an impact. And in particular, we are talking about the importance of cholesterol and why low cholesterol is bad. I, I made mention of this of this patient that I had in recently who had the lowest total cholesterol that I've ever seen um, coming in at a whopping 92 um, which you know is in my opinion severely problematic for this woman now she was on a statin medication and so we're we're hopefully working with her primary because her primary care doctor was the one that put her on that statin medication and you know it's at this point it's her primary care doctor's uh, uh, responsibility to, to fix the issue here that the fact that her cholesterol is so low and so we were talking before the break I was I was talking about how cholesterol levels your your body makes the vast majority of your cholesterol and so it's extremely important and cholesterol cholesterol has so many different things that it's that it's important for in the body we have to have it for uh, the cell membrane health. We have cholesterol in our cell membranes, so all trillion-plus cells in our body have, have cholesterol in them. Our brain is, is about 25% by weight cholesterol. Um, our, our body makes all of our sex hormones, our testosterone, our estrogens, etc., from cholesterol. Um, and so the... Having enough cholesterol is extremely important because it's a raw material that's that's vital for our overall health. Now, what I think people don't realize is that cholesterol, when, when the doctors look at your cholesterol, they're looking at the cholesterol levels in your blood. And so the, the cholesterol that's in your blood, for the most part, is made by your liver. It's that's just where it's synthesized. It's synthesized in the liver and the and the distal end of the small intestine. It's actually made in a couple places. And that's extremely important because if someone has some sort of liver dysfunction, if they're not making cholesterol, my question is what else is going wrong with this person? Because the liver has thousands of jobs, right? It detoxifies, it manufactures, it's reading things, it's it's transforming things, it's there's there so many different pieces of the the human puzzle that the liver is responsible for. And if it's not working right, we have an issue. Now, that takes me to also knowing that cholesterol is manufactured in the distal, the, the, the farthest end of our small intestine, tells me that anybody that has any kind of gastrointestinal issues could have a problem with cholesterol. That's just the nature of the beast. If someone's dealing with, say, Crohn's disease, they're going to have a problem with cholesterol. They're going to have a problem with cholesterol manufacturing. And for what little cholesterol they absorb from their food and from their diet, they're going to have a problem with that too. It's not just it's not just a it's not just a digestive issue. This is a total body issue. And trying to get people to understand that, oh, this is bigger than just one little thing, that this affects the entire body from head to toe is extremely important to do and it's an important part to get a point to get across because conventional medicine doesn't make that a point they're like oh your cholesterol is high you're going to have heart disease and they just tie cholesterol to heart disease when that that is not that's not how it's that's not how the body works right so we we've got we've got this class of drugs called statin medications and statin medications 
are I think they're they're a terrible drug for the vast majority of people. I think that cholesterol can much more easily be managed by making sure that someone knows what food they should be eating and making sure someone knows that they should be exercising and what type of exercise they should be doing rather than just throwing a medication at something. Because what I don't think the vast majority of people realize is that that statin medication causes much more issues and many more problems than just lowering cholesterol. That's just one of the side effects of the medication. The, these, these statin medications are, are HMG coenzyme A reductase inhibitors. That means that they stop this enzyme called HMG coenzyme A reductase. They stop that thing from happening, which stops the whole pathway of cholesterol synthesis in the body. But there are a lot of things that are made before you get to cholesterol manufacturing, right? There are many steps to this puzzle. HMG coenzyme A reductase is the third step in about a 15-step process or a 12-step process, whatever it is. I had it memorized back in the day. Now I just remember the key points because that's all that really matters. When when you stop, like, I'll, I'll throw this as a little, little bit of trivia out there. Statins were, were first approved in uh, September or October of 1987 by the FDA in the United States. The very first statin medication that was approved was Mevacor. It was called Mevacor because it stops the mevalinate pathway. The mevalinate pathway is what happens. That's the mevalonic uh, acid is what's made when HMG coenzyme A reductase works on HMG coenzyme A. You go from HMG coenzyme A to mevalinate uh, to mevalonic acid. I'll get it out in a minute. That's why it was called Mevacor. This is the whole like that's where they all started, right? And so once you stop that, a few steps down, you end up with the body manufacturing three things that you, if you're taking a statin medication, you no longer make. You no longer make uh, isoprenylated proteins. This is a, like I could do a whole thing on isoprenylated uh, proteins. Just know that those are proteins that are extremely important for the cell membranes function. They're, they're embedded in the cell membrane. They function within the cell membrane. They're extremely important for that. We're going to, that's important. That's one of the, one of the things that's, that's not made. Another thing is ubiquinone. Ubiquinone is the scientific name for CoQ10. Did you know when you're taking a statin medication, you no longer manufacture CoQ10? And very few people that are taking a statin medication are actually taking a CoQ10 supplement. And if you're taking a statin medication, you need hundreds of milligrams of CoQ10 per day while you're taking that, that medication. And no one does. And this is why when, when people take statins, they get extremely tired. CoQ10 is extremely important for your body's ability to manufacture energy. That's how we start. The, that's how part of how we get the Krebs cycle going. So we have to have this thing to make energy. And then the third thing that's, that's not made that is not a cholesterol, cholesterol being the fourth thing that's not made, but the third thing that's not made is dolicol. Now, dolicol is extremely important because dolicol is made in this, in, is, is in high concentrations in this particular part of the brain called the substantia nigra. And I want to spend just a little bit of time here because dolicol, research has shown that in, in people that have high levels of dolicol in their body, they have a condition known as schizophrenia, right? 
And when people have low levels of dolicole in their body, they have neurodegenerative diseases, things like Parkinson's disease. And what I see as a classic sign of someone who comes into my office that's been on a statin medication for a long time is this little resting tremor, which is pathognomonic for Parkinson's. And I say, oh, you're on a statin medication. How long you been on this statin medication? Most of the time, people have been on it for years, if not decades. It's not uncommon for people to come to me and say, I've been on this statin for 20 years. And I'm like, okay. And when did this, this shaking start? Oh, five years ago, maybe. It seems to be getting worse. And what we've noticed is when we start to, when we start to work with these individuals and get their body the things that it needs, their tremor stops. Hmm. It's mind-boggling, I know. Aaron's sitting here staring at me like, I don't really have anything to contribute to this part of the conversation. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is an important piece of, of information that I don't think people understand that those three things are extremely important for overall health. People take statin medications and feel like crap after a while. Did it lower their cholesterol? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Some people have a genetic predisposition disposition that doesn't allow for the the statin medications to work very well right but a lot of people it does lower it and a lot of people don't feel bad immediately no it takes a while and then we don't equate the feeling bad if it takes long enough we don't equate the feeling bad to the fact that we it happened after we started taking that particular medication right and so that that's a that's a that's a big deal. And then when you start talking to them about these other things that they, they've got going on, and then we check their hormone levels and we find out that men and women both, their testosterone is in the tank, like single digits low, super, super low testosterone levels in women, super low testosterone levels in men, right? A lot of guys end up with erectile dysfunction and they don't know why. I'm like, well, it's the fact that your testosterone or your your testosterone's in the tank because you have no steroid hormones to make the testosterone in the first place. So it's extremely important to to know these things and know what you're getting into. If you're going to choose to take that statin medication, know what's coming because then you can do things to help prevent that from happening. But you know, that that's one of the one of the big things. Now, shifting gears a little bit, I want to talk about how our body gets rid of cholesterol. We get rid of our cholesterol by making bile acids. Now, we make these bile acids in our liver, and we pump them over into our gallbladder to store, right? And, you know, don't, don't get me started on gallbladder dysfunction and gallbladder. That, that's a topic in and of itself. But what I do want to focus on are these bile acids. The, the big physiologic functions, they have to be there for us to digest lipids, and it's, they have to be there for us to absorb lipids. Well, if we're, if, our, if we're doing things to lower all of this stuff, of course we're going to affect our bile acids. So we're affecting these things at both ends of the puzzle. So these, these bile acids... They're the end product of of breaking down cholesterol. That's how we get them. And if we're blocking cholesterol, well, that's a big problem. So now we don't have bile acids. But they're also the most important molecule to drive the formation and flow of bile. And what do people that have their gallbladders removed? Their bile flow is obstructed. Well, all of this stuff ties together. It all goes back to having enough cholesterol and having proper liver function. This stuff, it's not an accident 
that this stuff happens to people, right? And it's medications that we're taking that are affecting it and causing this to happen in our people. History in this, and now I'm not going to get into her complete history. There's a, there's a, it's complicated. It's not an easy, um, it's not an easy uh, uh, history by any means. But this woman's cholesterol was, total cholesterol was 92. Now, why is that important? It's important because typically we want cholesterol right around 200, and hers is half that. Now, she was on a statin medication, which we'll talk about that in a little while, um, which was, I believe, contributing to driving her cholesterol so low. But all of her, or the vast majority of her symptoms that she was complaining about, she was complaining about being super tired. They, Her family literally is waking this woman up different times during the day to take her medications and things and to eat, and then she's going right back to bed. So she's extremely exhausted, and she's the, her mental clarity just isn't there like it used to be. Now, she's not completely inept or anything like that. She can carry on a conversation, but she knows that she can't think of words. She can't remember things, like things that were, that wasn't the case just, a, just a, a couple of short years ago. And so I really want to talk today about why low cholesterol is, is, a, is a big thing and why I think it's a, it's a bigger deal than, than your conventional doctors are ever going to conclude most conventional doctors are perfectly fine with driving your cholesterol as low as possible, but there are many, many, many things in the body that cholesterol is important for. So, let's let's get into that just a little bit. I, you know, I, so I started. I wanted this woman to have this particular lady. I wanted her to have like actual research um, into you know why cholesterol is why cholesterol is low. And, or why low cholesterol is bad. And so I started investigating, and, you know, there's really very little out there about low cholesterol. Well, and we've had numerous patients who have come back and said, I talked to my doctor, and he said he'd never heard of anyone, of someone's cholesterol being too low. Which is ridiculous. I mean... But it's happened numerous times. I mean, it's just that isn't taught in medical school. They do not. They talk about cholesterol can be too high and what you do if cholesterol is too high. But clearly this isn't taught because numerous times, many times, doctors have, you know, patients have come back and said, my doctor was like, your cholesterol, is, I don't even know if it can be too low. <laughs> and that is beyond scary. Um, so... In digging through the research, you know that's what I do. I like to I like to have research articles that that show what it is that we do and and why we're we're very big on that. Well, and we're big on that for a reason. And I know I'm kind of digressing here, but let's face it: if a medical, if a conventional medical doctor tells you something or your family something, you're like, oh, okay, that's how it is. We don't generally get that kind of consideration just because functional medicine is different, right? If we don't have the science to back it up, then people don't believe it well and we've said it before i've said it before i'll say it again the most difficult thing for me as a functional medicine practitioner to do is to get someone to unlearn wrong information that they are absolutely certain is correct like that is so hard we we get beat into our heads over and over again 
that high cholesterol is bad. You can't have high cholesterol. High cholesterol will kill you. Well, that's not necessarily true. I mean, yeah, if your cholesterol is 1,000, yeah, maybe that's a problem. But if your cholesterol is 200, 210, 220, really? Like, no, it's it's not the big thing. Like, I remember when cholesterol got lowered from an upper limit of 300 to 240. And I would definitely remember when it went from 240 to 200. And everyone else is going to remember when they start to push it even lower and lower and lower. And this is, a, this is problematic because we have to have cholesterol for some very vital functions in our body. The, more, the lower we see cholesterol, the more problems we are going to have. I mean, you just don't live as long when your cholesterol is low. So, and we're, and we, we're certainly not saying that you can't have high cholesterol. I mean, it's true. not, I mean, you definitely can have high cholesterol. There's a reason why um, doctors are concerned if your cholesterol is too high. We're just saying the opposite end of the spectrum is equally as frightening. Right, right. And so in digging through the research, I, I found an article um, from 2008 um, published in... Uh, I, I can't buy I, I'm not really sure it's a biomed uh, article I don't know because it's a it's a Czech it's from the Czech Republic it's I, I don't really know it was done by the Department of Gerontology and Metabolism at, a, at the faculty hospital and faculty of medicine in Radek Soklaska Czech Republic I, I don't know how they do their how they do their cities and stuff like that. And I definitely cannot pronounce that. So I'm sure someone of Czech descent is going to write me an email and say, well, you butchered that on air and I'm perfectly fine with that. But anyway, it, won't be the first time. it will, it will not be the first <laughs> and it will not be the last because the, you know, unfortunately the, these articles are not done in the United States where I can actually name the city. Um, but this thing was published in, in on August 5th of 2008 and the title of the article is Hypocholesterolemia in Clinically Serious Conditions Review. And so this is a review article looking at lots and lots of different um, articles out there. And hypocholesterolemia is low cholesterol in the blood. And they start out by talking about how cholesterol is an essential component of cell membranes. It's our precursor to our steroid hormones. It's important for us to make bile acids. And there are other components that are extremely important for live organisms. Now, cholesterol synthesis is this very complicated, very energy-demanding process. And what happens when we have crit critically ill patients is that cholesterol plummets. But what researchers can't figure out is did the cholesterol plummet and then people got seriously ill or did the illness cause the cholesterol to drop? This is a chicken or egg question, and no one has the answer. This article actually concludes that we don't know if it's a drop in cholesterol that causes the problem or if the, or if the illness happened, caused the drop in cholesterol. So what we see, I see people that come into my office that have low levels of cholesterol. They were put on some sort of cholesterol-lowering medication, whether it was a statin or a bile acid resin or something that they were put on, and they, they lowered their cholesterol, and then the people had problems. That's what I see in my office. I don't see people that come in complaining of all these issues and you know, have low cholesterol and they're not on a cholesterol lowering medication. Every person in my office from my personal experience that has had low cholesterol and I classify cholesterol as low, anything below 140, I start getting concerned, right? 
Anytime that happens, the people have have been on some sort of cholesterol lowering agent. That's that's just what I've seen personally. Now, you know, they they go on to talk about how this is seen in 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 chronic and critically ill patients and they they basically go on to say it's not known whether it's a secondary manifestation of a disease or whether it actively contributes to deterior de, to deterioration of the disease had a little trouble talking there that's the that's the thing that I, I i think is the most important like we people are are taught in this country that you with when it comes to cholesterol that you you have to eat low fat that all of this stuff is you know your your diet dictates how your cholesterol is and that couldn't be further from the truth your diet is not really responsible for cholesterol levels in the blood it just isn't your diet makes up what you the cholesterol that you consume in your diet really only comprises about 20% of what your total cholesterol level is that's just how it is it your body makes approximately 80% of your cholesterol and when people start to hear that they're like wait a minute that that's uh, that can't be true and i i tell you it doesn't matter you can tell the same lie a thousand times it doesn't make it any more true cholesterol is affected by you very less uh, or very uh uh not very uh, affected by your diet like it's what you make not what you're getting from foods. Now, if you're eating a crappy diet, you will make cholesterol improperly. You'll make the wrong cholesterol particle sizes. You'll make too many little bitty cholesterol particles. You'll Which make, is important, right? It is extremely important. So a good diet is important, but it's not about eliminating saturated fat from your diet. That's not what it's about. Oh, okay, and that's what they push when and they talk about your cholesterol is too high. That's right. Now, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about more about this cholesterol levels and your diet. And I want to get into how these statin medications cause problems and what kind of problems they cause and how that has an impact. And in particular, we are talking about the importance of cholesterol and why low cholesterol is bad. I, I made mention of this, of this patient that I had in recently who had the lowest total cholesterol that I've ever seen. Um, coming in at a whopping 92, um, which, you know, is, in my opinion, severely problematic for this woman. Now, she was on a statin medication, and so we're, we're hopefully working with her primary because her primary care doctor was the one that put her on that statin medication. And, you know, it's at this point, it's her primary care doctor's uh, uh, responsibility to, to fix the issue here, that the fact that her cholesterol is so low. And so we were talking before the break, I was, I was talking about how cholesterol levels, your, your body makes the vast majority of your cholesterol. And so it's extremely important. And cholesterol, cholesterol has so many different things that it's, that it's important for in the body. We have to have it for uh, the cell membrane health. We have cholesterol in our cell membranes, so all trillion-plus cells in our body have, have cholesterol in them. Our brain is, is about 25% by weight cholesterol. Um, our, our body makes all of our sex hormones, our testosterone, our estrogens, etc., from cholesterol. Um, and so the, 
having enough cholesterol is extremely important because it's a raw material that's that's vital for our overall health. Now, what I think people don't realize is that cholesterol, when, when the doctors look at your cholesterol, they're looking at the cholesterol levels in your blood. And so the, the cholesterol that's in your blood, for the most part, is made by your liver. It's that's just where it's synthesized. It's synthesized in the liver and the and the distal end of the small intestine. It's actually made in a couple places. And that's extremely important because if someone has some sort of liver dysfunction, if they're not making cholesterol, my question is what else is going wrong with this person? Because the liver has thousands of jobs, right? It detoxifies, it manufactures, it's reading things, it's it's transforming things, it's there, there's so many different pieces of the the human puzzle that the liver is responsible for. And if it's not working right, we have an issue. Now, that takes me to also knowing that cholesterol is manufactured in the distal, the, the, the farthest end of our small intestine, tells me that anybody that has any kind of gastrointestinal issues could have a problem with cholesterol. That's just the nature of the beast. If someone's dealing with, say, Crohn's disease, they're going to have a problem with cholesterol. They're going to have a problem with cholesterol manufacturing. And for what little cholesterol they absorb from their food and from their diet, they're going to have a problem with that too. It's not just, it's not just, a, it's not just a digestive issue. This is a total body issue. And trying to get people to understand that, oh, this is bigger than just one little thing, that this affects the entire body from head to toe is extremely important to do and it's an important part to get a point to get across because conventional medicine doesn't make that a point they're like oh your cholesterol is high you're going to have heart disease and they just tie cholesterol to heart disease when that that is not that's not how it's that's not how the body works right so we we've got we've got this class of drugs called statin medications and statin medications are I think they're they're a terrible drug for the vast majority of people. I think that cholesterol can much more easily be managed by making sure that someone knows what food they should be eating and making sure someone knows that they should be exercising and what type of exercise they should be doing rather than just throwing a medication at something. Because what I don't think the vast majority of people realize is that that statin medication causes much more issues and many more problems than just lowering cholesterol. That's just one of the side effects of the medication. The, these, these statin medications are, are HMG coenzyme A reductase inhibitors. That means that they stop this enzyme called HMG coenzyme A reductase. They stop that thing from happening, which stops the whole pathway of cholesterol synthesis in the body. But there are a lot of things that are made before you get to cholesterol manufacturing, right? There are many steps to this puzzle. HMG coenzyme A reductase is the third step in about a 15-step process or a 12-step process, whatever it is. I had it memorized back in the day. Now I just remember the key points because that's all that really matters. When when you stop, like I'll, I'll throw this as a little, little bit of trivia out there. 
Statins were, were first approved in uh, September or October of 1987 by the FDA in the United States. The very first statin medication that was approved was Mevacor. It was called Mevacor because it stops the mevalinate pathway. Now, the mevalinate pathway is what happens. That's the mevalonic acid is what's made when HMG coenzyme A reductase works on HMG coenzyme A. You go from HMG coenzyme A to mevalinate uh, to mevalonic acid. I'll get it out in a minute. That's why it was called Mevacor. This is the whole like that's where they all started, right? And so once you stop that, a few steps down, you end up with the body manufacturing three things that you, if you're taking a statin medication, you no longer make. You no longer make uh, isoprenylated proteins. This is a, like, I could do a whole thing on isoprenylated uh, proteins. Just know that those are proteins that are extremely important for the cell membranes function. They're, they're embedded in the cell membrane. They function within the cell membrane. They're extremely important for that. We're going to, that's important. That's one of the, one of the things that's, that's not made. Another thing is ubiquinone. Ubiquinone is the scientific name for CoQ10. Did you know when you're taking a statin medication, you no longer manufacture CoQ10? And very few people that are taking a statin medication are actually taking a CoQ10 supplement. And if you're taking a statin medication, you need hundreds of milligrams of CoQ10 per day while you're taking that, that medication. And no one does. And this is why when, when people take statins, they get extremely tired. CoQ10 is extremely important for your body's ability to manufacture energy. That's how we start. The, that's how, part of how we get the Krebs cycle going. So we have to have this thing to make energy. And then the third thing that's, that's not made that is not a cholesterol, cholesterol being the fourth thing that's not made, but the third thing that's not made is dolicol. Now, dolicol is extremely important because dolicol is made in this, in, is, is in high concentrations in this particular part of the brain called the substantia nigra. And I want to spend just a little bit of time here because dolicol, research has shown that in, in people that have high levels of dolicol in their body, they have a condition known as schizophrenia, right? And when people have low levels of dolicol in their body, they have neurodegenerative diseases, things like Parkinson's disease. And what I see as a classic sign of someone who comes into my office that's been on a statin medication for a long time is this little resting tremor, which is pathognomonic for Parkinson's. And I say, oh, you're on a statin medication. How long have you been on this statin medication? Most of the time, people have been on it for years, if not decades. It's not uncommon for people to come to me and say, I've been on this statin for 20 years. And I'm like, okay, and when did this, this shaking start? Oh, five years ago, maybe. It's, it seems to be getting worse. And what we've noticed is when we, start to, when we start to work with these individuals and get their body the things that it needs, their tremor stops. Hmm. It's mind-boggling, I know. Aaron's sitting here staring at me like, I don't really have anything to contribute to this part of the conversation. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is an important piece of, of information that I don't think people understand that those three things are extremely important for overall health. People take statin medications and feel like crap after a while. Did it lower their cholesterol? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Some people have a genetic predisposition 
disposition that doesn't allow for the the statin medications to work very well right but a lot of people it does lower it and a lot of people don't feel bad immediately no it takes a while and then we don't equate the feeling bad if it takes long enough we don't equate the feeling bad to the fact that we it happened after we started taking right. that particular medication right and so that that's a that's a that's a big deal and then when you start talking to them about these other things that they they've got going on and then we check their hormone levels and we find out that men and women both their testosterone is in the tank like single digits low super super low testosterone levels in women super low testosterone levels in men right a lot of guys end up with erectile dysfunction and they don't know why and i'm like well it's the fact that your testosterone or your your testosterone's in the tank because you have no steroid hormones to make the testosterone in the first place so it's extremely important to to know these things and know what you're getting into if you're going to choose to take that statin medication know what's coming because then you can do things to help prevent that from happening but you know that that's one of the one of the big things now shifting gears a little bit i want to talk about how our body gets rid of cholesterol we get rid of our cholesterol by making bile acids now we make these bile acids in our liver and we pump them over into our gallbladder to store right and you know don't don't get me started on gallbladder dysfunction and gall uh, that that's a topic in and of itself but what I do want to focus on are these bile acids. The, the big physiologic functions, they have to be there for us to digest lipids, and it's, they have to be there for us to absorb lipids. Well, if we're, if, our, if we're doing things to lower all of this stuff, of course we're going to affect our bile acids. So we're affecting these things at both ends of the puzzle. So these, these bile acids... They're the end product of, of breaking down cholesterol. That's how we get them. And if we're blocking cholesterol, well, that's a big problem. So now we don't have bile acids. But they're also the most important molecule to drive the formation and flow of bile. And what do people that have their gallbladders removed? Their bile flow is obstructed. Well, all of this stuff ties together. It all goes back to having enough cholesterol and having proper liver function. This stuff, it's not an accident that this stuff happens to people, right? And it's medications that we're taking that are affecting it and causing this to happen in our people. 